You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Austin, and I'm here with our other favorite host, Mike. Hello. <clears throat> am I a favorite host? I think everyone loves us. Yeah. Well, everyone loves everyone who's been on the podcast. That's true. We do, we do get a lot of um, positive comments about our contributors or, or have, have gotten a lot of pop positive comments so um yeah so it's a good thing i think we have a good group of people here working behind the podcast and uh and in the new year we have some i think some really exciting new people and guests guests who will be on so um yeah so anyway so today um we are going to be talking about a hot topic crystals and stones yes crystals and stones crickets <laughs> are we both just like like where to begin i think that's a lot topic. of it i <clears throat> i never knew or would have thought that crystals specifically and like the use of pretty shinies like specifically exotics pretty shinies mm-hmm. um so by exotic you're basically meaning like precious and semi-precious well, stones well, well also but i think it's also you know, and using that term exotic, you know, uh, and it's like, it's, you know, like it's dictionary form, you know, it's, it is, we, we have access to things now based on the way that, you know, technology has worked and, you know, just, just, you know, science and industry, you know, we, many of us, we have access to shiny, pretty crystals and things from the other side of the world, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and also I think it's, it's good to mention that, you know, that even in the last, um, century or so we we've had so many new varieties of stones and crystals discovered just because we now have the technology to obtain them you know like hundreds of years ago people weren't able to dig several miles into the the crust of the planet to mine things right Mm. so um so it's interesting that um and we know we do see of course you know mention of stones particularly you know precious and semi-precious stones in a lot of the old stories, you know, folklore, mythology, mm-hmm. you know, mention a lot of stones, you know, uh, being used by, you know, gods, you know, people who are working with particular gods and spirits. Um, <clears throat> and so we also know based on, you know, like archaeology, you know, archaeological evidence that, you know, a lot of, of ancient cultures, you know, were familiar with stones and, and how to carve them and, you know, and craft with them. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think working with stones in a spiritual context is really not new. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have to be honest about how the modern ideas that we have about crystals and stones really originate in the new age spiritualities of the mid to late 1900s. Mm-hmm. You know, it really was kind of, I think the beginning of what would be the, uh, the flower child, the hippie, the new age movement mm-hmm. um, that really kind of, informed so much about or of our ideas on on crystals and stones today you know um and you know and that that's tricky for me because you know we we are learning more and more that most of the new age information that originated from that particular era culture um is really basically just upg it's all just or, or most of it is just unverified personal gnosis yeah from a handful of people usually elite white people um, who um, decided, oh, rose quartz means this, you know, and there was really no no basis for that, you know, beyond maybe their personal experience or the personal experiences of maybe a, a handful of other people, 
You know, um, it's fairly rare. Like I, I'm trying to think of all the instances over the years where I've read information about particular stones and crystals. Um, it's fairly rare, or I don't think I, I don't think I've ever, at least not to my conscious knowledge, I, I don't think I've ever read any information put out there on the meanings and uses of crystals and stones that was put forward by anybody other than a than a a, a white New Age personality. Or, or author. Mm -hmm. Well, you would see some some <clears throat> uses of stones in particular lore, um, and it would usually be centered around things like trapping spirits, mm -hmm. offering spirits, or or <clears throat> in the poison path when you're working with stuff like that. Stones like adder's tongue were meant to were believed to neutralize, and these all come from from more medieval texts. But we've completely disregarded any of that. You know, we look at mm -hmm. adder's tongues, which are, you know, fossilized teeth, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and we now put a different meaning to it. Yeah. Or we look at other stones like lapis, which was crushed up and used as makeup. <laughs> mm -hmm. And assign a different meaning to it. Yeah. Um, and say that it was an ancient practice. And... It's just not. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's true. And I guess I, I, I want to, before we, you know, could go further with this episode, you know, I do want to clarify that, you know, neither of us, I think, is putting ourselves up to be the, you know, the next expert voice on these kinds of things. If, if anything, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, I think, but if anything, you know, what we're really trying to do is to dispel some of the misunderstanding, as usual, mm -hmm. the misinformation that has been put forth by mainly the New Age community around stones and crystals. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned some of, the, some of the use of some of these old things because, we, you know, I think we also see evidence of, um, you know, stones being used, as, you know, as uh, for talismanic work, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are stones that for, you know, were, were by many uh, ancient people, you know, believed to be protective, right? Um, you know, and it would have been used as such or stones that were... Um, you know, said to aid with things like, uh, you know, like childbirth, like the healthy delivery of a child mm -hmm. or, you know, um, you know, so, so it's just, it's interesting to see that these old cultural ideas. Um, but um, I, I guess, you know, rather than, you know, continuing to nitpick on, on all that, I, I, I think I, I want to talk a little bit about why we continue to believe or why we have this understanding as spiritual practitioners uh, that you know, like, how do stones and crystals work for us? Mm -hmm. You know, because I think you're going to talk to, you know, you could talk to a hundred different people and get a hundred different explanations for how that works. Um, but I think what I'd like to really talk about is information that comes, you know, from indigenous sources and I, you know, and, and in no way in, in trying to go there in no way am I trying to say that everybody doesn't have access to stones and crystals potentially, but I do also want to say that, and we know this now, um, that many, uh, that this industry, we'll just say this industry around, you know, the harvesting of crystals and stones, like this is something that has been historically problematic for indigenous communities. Mm -hmm. You know, we have situations where big corporations, you know, or, you know, whatever, whoever they may be are going into land that, was seen or and and still is to this day recognized as indigenous land because there's a mine 
on that land for mm -hmm. this particular stone, right? I mean, we're seeing in just the last calendar year, we saw such fervor and such interest in Moldavite specifically. Um, I just rolled and my it eyes was so hard. So over, like it was so overconsumed. So many people were hungry to get this stone. They wanted this stone so badly because, of course, New Agers are pushing that this is the next miracle stone, right? Um, that they they've had to close mines mm -hmm. throughout Europe, where this you know and and uh, uh, where am I thinking? Russia, you know, and you know that area of the world, you know, where like these mines, you know, have been for years and years and years, but they've been so over harvested now, um, you know, and so that that's really what I want to preface, I guess, when I talk about you know information coming from older indigenous practitioners or people who have that kind of spiritual focus or, or history lineage behind them, is because these are people that are already far more connected to the land mm -hmm. where these stones and crystals are found. You know, and so, um, so you know, and we know in a few old paths that there's a belief that stones have a capacity to record or hold energies that they are brought into contact with. You know, um, this is something that we see in a lot of those old stories, right? Where, you know, like things are trapped inside a particular stone. You mentioned like, you know, some of the uses for crystals in particular, like when in older cultures were like to bind, to mm -hmm. hold something, right? Um, but I think we even see kind of a twist on that in a more modern context. You know, we look at like the paranormal um, investigator community, the ghost hunting community, right? And in that, within that community, there's this theory uh, that they call the stone tape mm -hmm. theory, right? Where there's this idea that, um, stones, you know, particular types of stones, limestone, you know, uh, stones with, with really intense concentrations of quartz in particular are believed to record uh, energetic memory or to hold on to some residual of other energies that they come into contact with. You know, and that's why we see incidents of, say, like, uh, like mines, you know, where they are believed to be haunted. Right. Because there, you know, things have happened. There's been people working in that mine over the course of probably many, many years. And, and the stones have a memory. Right. Um, you know, and so it's just it's interesting that, that we see something so different or kind of an evolution of that older theory or belief. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but we see things like, you know, um, like record, record keeper quartz, you know, or Lemurian quartz, which is what the New Agers and the light workers like to call it. You know, um, which is bullshit and ridiculous because we know that Lemuria is really based on nonsense theories coming from the New Age community, the, mm. the metaphysical and occult revivals of the 1800s. And a lot of it is rooted in race theory. You know, the concept that there is a master race, right? You know, that originated from these lost cultures, right? And of course, those people were white. You know, white people like to think. Ew. But um, anyway, that's enough of that. So, um, but you know, but I think it is interesting because we we also know based on more modern science and technology that quartz, in particular, as a mineral, um, as you know, as a stone, as a crystal, a crystalline structure, that quartz does have physical properties to channel things, right? Like we use it in our electronics, right? Like we use quartz for things, and I think that there have even been some studies, um, you know, in the direction of of actually using quartz to. Um, I almost want to say, like, uh, in the way that we would see, like, computer processors and things being used, you know, where they are not only channeling or, or, or working as a conduit for information, but they are also storing and collecting information, uh, particularly, I think, within the light spectrum. You know, and I hate saying shit like that because that word, just that, that phrase just came out of my mouth and I'm like, oh, my God, how super new agey lightworker sounding was that? But but that's, that's the science. So, um, but it's interesting, you know, if we look at this, quartz is found in 
almost all, all most stones and crystals, right? Mm-hmm. Quartz is found everywhere. In stones, crystals, it's what makes your clock run. Um, and most of the time, the crystals, like crystal glasses and stuff that we we have, are just reconstituted quartz. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, we use crystal for so much. You know, I'm, I'm not talking the spiritual community. I mean, quartz and crystal, it's, it's everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, all over the place. Um, you know, and so, but it's interesting to me that we see because so many different crystals, even though we all kind of think of them as different things, so many of them really basically come down to or are members of, of or comprised, comprised so, so uh, you know, primarily of quartz, you know, um, and with these properties that we're understanding quartz has, it would, of course, make sense that all of these different types of stones would then have that kind of that energetic manifestation, mm-hmm. I guess, right? Is kind of, I guess, where I'm going with that. Um, so what's your idea? What's your, what's your understanding about stones, crystals, these kinds of things kind of having their own spirit? You know, we talk a lot about, like, concepts like the anima mundi mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, the, the genus loci. You know, what's your, what, what, what's your, your work on that or your, your position on that as a witch, Austin? Well, I'm an animist. I believe everything has a spirit. Everything from that bottle of water in front of you to the time, the, the hourglass over here, so on and so forth. And so it would, it would stand to reason that if I believe that, then I would believe that there is a different spirit that resides in rose quartz than there is that resides in red jasper. Um, much like plant spirits, they will present themselves different ways. So when I worked with plant, when I work with plant spirits, there is a particular form of connection and communication that has to be done in order to really connect with that plant spirit. And the same thing has to be done with stones. So you crystals. can't just, so you can't just go into like a new age shop and, and pick up a, a stone, whatever kind of stone or crystal it might be. And all of a sudden that stone is going to like, boom, now it's going to do this for you. No. Right. Yeah, because you, you've got to, you've got a bond, right? You, you have to bond, um, and just because let, let's just use using red red jasper as an example, um, a lot of people uh, who who've worked with red jasper have noticed its quality to help alleviate emotional baggage. Mm-hmm. It helps kind of bring those things to the surface. It helps you organize and structure them and then release them. Um, but that's not to say that any piece of red jasper that you get is going to want to do that for you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, it, that piece of red jasper you pick up might be like, you know what, yeah, that's like an innate quality I have. That's kind of like what we all do, mm-hmm. but I'd much rather help you with this. And it's much easier to work with the flow of a spirit than against the flow of a spirit. Mm-hmm. Because if you work with them, it's going to be much more powerful and much more effective than mm-hmm. if you're just trying to force it to do something it doesn't really want to do. Yeah. Well, and I think that takes me back to something I was talking about a moment ago, you know, when I was, I was rambling on a moment ago about, uh, you know, the, the areas, you know, in the ways that many of these stones and crystals are, are harvested, you know, um, it, again, if we look at the idea that these stones and crystals have some sense of spirit or, or we could even say intelligence a consciousness of some sort about mm-hmm. them. And we have to say that that's what's happening, right? We have to say that there is some sort of spirit or energy around these stones because if we can't believe that then why the hell are we buying them mm-hmm. right uh, so you know other than you know they're shiny pretty sparkly mm-hmm. right but um you know but anyway so the idea though is that you know if these are stones that are coming from places where in the process of being collected mined harvested they've been handled by people who you know workers in those mines or you know whatever 
people who are being you know mistreated or abused by the companies they're mm-hmm. working for they're coming out of land that has now been desecrated it's no longer sacred because you know got to make that money right mm-hmm. those big corporations they don't care who they have to fuck as long as they get to make that dollar right um you know and so it would it would stand that that those stones would have a residual of that energy as well they have their own spirits but you can tell in any context not and not even talking about stones but other kinds of but human spirits right Anytime you force or you you pull a spirit of some kind out of its home, out of its native space, in a, in a nasty, horrible, violent kind of a way, which is in essence what these minds are, mm-hmm. right? If we think about it in that way, um, that spirit's probably going to be a little pissed off. Just a little bit. That spirit's probably not going to want to really maybe play as nicely with you as maybe you, you think it would, you know? Beyond that, how many hands... Has that stone passed through before it gets to that shelf in your local metaphysical shop, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's also additional energy. Where are these stones kept? Are they kept somewhere where there's, you know, like where people actually are ethical, you know, and they have integrity in what they're doing? You know, they haven't, they haven't, you know. Anyway, so so those are things that we also have to consider. You know, we look at the energy of the stone, but we also have to look at the fact that these are stones just like we, right? As human beings, we have experiences. We find ourselves in situations where we we pick up other energies, right? These stones will do the same, um, in addition to having their own energies. You know, so um, so. But one of the other things I wanted wanted to mention, based on something that you were just saying, um, is. You know, this, again, this idea when we talk about, uh, you know, you say you're an animist, you know, and we, of course, you know, everything has a spirit, right? We have to kind of, we have to kind of put a little bit of belief in that, right? If we're going to be effective in our spiritual practices around witchcraft, folk magic, these kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But in looking at the energy that these stones would have, um, would you say it would make more sense in, in working with them in a practical way? we're going to get greater benefit from those stones if we within ourselves are also working to kind of sink our energy to what we believe that stone is doing for us. Yes. Right? So say, I mean, for example, okay, and I, I mentioned I threw rose quartz out as an example a few moments ago because it just continues to be such a popular stone. And why not? It's a beautiful stone. You know, we love rose quartz here. Um, but rose quartz, we, we have all these people pushing, and for years now have been pushing this idea that rose quartz is very healing for the emotional being, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, just in general, a very calming, soothing, healing, you know, kind of an energy. Um, but in order to really get the most of that, you as a person who would want to carry that stone for that purpose, you also need to actively be doing healing work. Yes. Right? Like, buy your rose quartz, but make sure you are also going to your see your therapist. Mm-hmm. Right. Make sure you're also taking your meds. Exactly. Like being responsible for what you want to see achieved is more important, I would say, than going out and laying a whole bunch of money down on a stone that some social media influencer who doesn't know shit about anything has told you is going to change your life. I agree. Well, we also have to look at practitioners in that perspective because if an influencer comes on and i remember when it was carnelian yeah what was carnelian was was it before or after moldavite it was after moldavite okay yes it was when moldavite started being realized yes that, yeah like oh we're overmining and it's unethically sourced and it's super expensive and most of it's actually just green glass green, green glass yeah. um uh-huh. whoever that influencer was told people that carnelian was going to help them 
set boundaries and be confident and mm-hmm. it's going to do this, that, and bring you potato chips and all this other stuff. Oh, potato chips. I know. I was going to bring you dinner, but it's not good to eat during a podcast. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be yeah. good for our... Um, we, are, we already have sound issues on this podcast. They don't need to hear me chew. We don't have that many sound issues. Um, but, you know, you they did this thing and so, of course, everyone has to run out and buy it. And where did this person get this information from? I bet this person went to their local crystal shop and the crystal the person who was behind the counter fed them a load of bs or they went on to pinterest and found all those little pinterest posts about carnelian and then took from that what they wanted to and honestly i mean cool good for you i'm so glad that you're so confident with this 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 carnelian thing but if you actually do research and historical like associations with that stone it it does help with confidence, but it was also a stone of royalty. Yeah. Well, that's one of, I always remember that, that was one of the stones that was considered most sacred to Isis. Yes. You know, um, it had that regal, you know, like, not only are you a goddess, but you are a queen, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, you know, kind of a, of a of an energy or belief, like people, you know, but uh, many cultures have that, right? Like we yeah. see throughout Asia, we see uh, similar situations with jade mm-hmm. as, a, as a stone, a particular stone, right? Throughout um, our area of the world, you know, turquoise. Is something mm-hmm. that has been praised by many of the indigenous communities well, and here. We, and we look at those things, going back to the indigenous peoples, of course those people are going to use that. Because that's a, that's that's they can find that in their area. Mm-hmm. You can find carnelian and lapis in ancient Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, once again, you kind of touched upon something there that I, w- I want to talk about a little bit. And this is going to take us back to probably a little bit of what we were talking about before. But... Have you have you noticed? I, I shouldn't say have you noticed because I know you have, and I've also noticed this as well. Because and this is a conversation that we've had with Vlad, I think with Ariana, the few other people that have been on the podcast. Um, how we have these stones, many of them that have been around forever. Say like so. One one perfect example I like to make is uh, serpentine. Mm-hmm. Serpentine as a stone is something that's been around forever, and it's been utilized. Uh, because it tends to be, I think, a softer stone. Mm-hmm. So people carve it. You know, they do a lot of decorative kinds of things with serpentine. And it's very often confused uh, for jade. Yes. A lot of people think they're purchasing jade and they're actually pe- purchasing serpentine, green serpentine. Um, but I, I, one of the things I noticed in recent years was um, the New Age community um, decided they were going to rebrand serpentine. And they were selling it as Healerite. Now, it wasn't serpentine. It was Healerite. You know, and and I went into a new age shop, and this has probably got to be like two or three years ago, and had a conversation with someone in that shop, and they were talking like, and I was like, oh, this, you know, this serpentine is 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 so lovely. I love this stone. It's got such a nice earthy energy, and I just love this color. You know, um, and they're and they didn't know what it was. They're like, serpentine, you know, that's healerite, and I'm like, no, no, I assure you, this is serpentine. This has been known as serpentine for years and years and years. Um, you know, anyway, so I, that's one other thing I've noticed with a lot of people in the spiritual community is they, they latch on to these trends. Mm-hmm. And I think to be honest, a lot of these things are started by just somewhere out there. There's like just some unethical prick who thinks, oh, if I change the name on this, I can sell it for $500 yeah. instead of the $5 that it would normally cost. Yeah. Because we see that a lot with, with the light worker and with the new age community, right? They'll, mm-hmm. they'll pay a thousand dollars for a stone. If you, all you have to do is tell them that it'll help you ascend to 50 consciousness, right? Well, also you have to give it some extremely long name. and Exactly. Like Healerite. And assign it an archangel. Yes, and... exactly. Yes. This stone is sacred to the archangel Metatron. 
and or Sandalfon or some of the other bullshit angels that they've made up or have stolen from Christian occultism over the last millennia. Um, anyway, so um, I, that's one thing that I've noticed is also I think confusing a lot of people. We tonight. have we have a lot of people that come into the shop that um, you know are, are really unfamiliar with some of the tumbled stones that we sell here and some mm-hmm. of the, you know, and we don't have a lot of stones in the shop. And we yeah, kinda, people come in and they think that we're a crystal shop yeah. and they're always disappointed when... Yeah, and well, and we, I mean, we do carry a limited supply of the crystals yeah. and stones, but we, we but we do that on purpose, you know, we because the majority of the stones and crystals that people are buying out there are not ethically harvested. Mm-hmm. These are things that are like, I mean, people are, it's like the diamond industry, you know, people have heard for years that, you know, about the stories about blood diamonds, about how, you know, people who are working for the diamond industry, like the miners, the people that actually go into the mines to harvest the diamonds like they're treated like shit like and there are accidents and like, people die you know in those mines all the time and these corporations that run the diamond industry they just cover it all up like nobody even knows you know um and, you know and it, i won't say that the crystal and and semi-precious industry is quite as cutthroat or vicious but but i, I would imagine it wouldn't be like a big leap there right these are still corporations who are you know, manipulating and, and using and potentially abusing people who are, are working for them. Um, anyway, but um, but I've, I've noticed that, though. Um, people come in and they're they're confused a lot. They'll look at a stone and, they'll, you know, they'll pick it up and they'll call it something. And they'll be like, where did you hear that? Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I follow this social media influencer in L.A. who blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'm like, uh, that's some fucking nasty Gwyneth Paltrow goop <laughs> shit. And you need to flush that out of yourself. You need to remove that belief because this is what this really is, you know? Um, and, you know, and it's nice those moments because it's a chance to educate and connect with those people. But I also see a lot of the time that those people, they're unwilling to let go of that. Like they want the lie, mm-hmm. which, ugh, which just frustrates me to no end. I, I I don't think I will ever understand that, that part of people that's like, I want to believe the lie. Did and you have a lot of people like this today? Um, what are you talking about? You are so fiery. You're more um, fiery than this me. Is, this is, you know, I think, I think I'm think i fiery about this particular topic because I, uh, well, for one thing, I'm the crystal energy healer here, mm-hmm. you know, and I do that practice ethically. And when people come to see me for that kind of energetic healing work, I don't sell them a line of bullshit. I'm not going to tell them like, oh yeah, I'm going to build this crystal grid on your heart chakra and all of life's problems are just going to melt away. Just let the quartz do it. You know, that's not me. I'm going to be like, okay, we're going to do this because the energy of these stones and with the way that they've been charged with my particular intent as the practitioner here is something that can help to kind of move, remove some of these energies maybe you don't want anymore. But you still have to pay your taxes. You still have to go to the doctor. You still have to feed your kids. You know, you're still going to have to pay your bills. You're still going to have to go to your job. You know, you're going to still have to do these things. This is not a fucking miracle. You know, um, you know, and so, you know, that's that's always such a fun conversation to have with people. You know, I don't enjoy I don't enjoy crapping all over people's, you know, I just want to believe in the miracle, the fantasy. I don't enjoy ruining that for people. But I also can't send someone out the door with a head full of lies, yeah. you know, which is, of course, what distinguishes witches from lightworkers. Right. We don't lie to people. <laughs> We're not full of shit. Um, anyway, so let's get back on track here now that I've had my angry tangent. Channeling you for a minute there, I think I was. I, I don't um, know what is. So one of the other things I wanted to mention about stones is also that people are we're also different as people, mm. right? 
Like, and so it just, it also has never really made sense to me. And this, and it, of course it isn't true that one stone would manifest in the same way energetically in the lives of every single person that carried it. Well, prime example, me and Malachite. Yeah. There are people who absolutely love and adore that stone. And I think it is a gorgeous stone Mm -hmm. and I do love the energy of that stone, Mm -hmm. but it is most definitely a stone that I, that, that, that my energy I, I don't, I don't, I don't vibe with it. I don't jive with it. Yeah. It's not something that happens. If, and no one believes me because everyone's always like, no, it's all about opening the heart and emotional healing and blah, blah, blah. And no, uh, Ariana, Moonwillow, Moonwillow didn't believe me. And then I had her put her hand on my heart while I held a piece of Malachite and she felt my heart like skip beats and shit. Yeah, your heart rate went, went crazy. Yeah. Well, it's funny that one in particular that you throw Malachite out there as an example because people always come in and they're like, I love this stone. And, you know, so many people like to use it or associate it with healing, you know. And, and of course, we always get the New Agers and the light workers come in. Like, it's got such a high copper content. And that's why it works is because that copper helps channel things. It's just like copper wires in your home moving electricity. And I'm like, okay, well, I really love that, you know, and that's a lovely way to put that. And sure, yeah, why not? You know, but it's always associated with healing. And I'm like, do you realize how toxic that stone is? Mm-hmm. Like, do you realize how toxic malachite mm-hmm. is? Well, and copper is yeah. also an amplifier. And so that's why yeah. when people are talking to me about malachite, uh, particularly if someone's coming in and they're looking for something to help help balance out mania. Mm-hmm. And they go straight for the malachite. I'm like, or hear me out. Yeah. You could use obsidian, onyx, or red jasper, mm-hmm. or howlite, or some other stone that's a little bit more soothing, like mm-hmm. mukite, mm-hmm. instead of malachite, which will just amp everything up. That's, you know, that's another interesting point, and again, I'm going to tangent here a little bit, um, but I've noticed that when it comes to our stones and crystals, people are very... I think we tend to get a little superficial when it comes to our stones and crystals, right? Oh, yeah. And of course we would, right? Because it's a, it's a pretty shiny, mm-hmm. right? So of course we would. But I've noticed time and time again, people are looking for, say, like like a stone that will have, um, you know, whatever, whatever quality, right? And, you know, and you'll recommend two stones. And it'll be like, okay, like, like this, these stones are, are the stones that will work. And without fail, they go for like the... Like the the pretty shiny, like this one looks like a diamond kind of thing, rather mm. than say like the red jasper, mm-hmm. which is an awesome stone, and it can do such really cool, like really cool things for us I on an energetic level. But it's not what you would maybe consider a, a pretty stone, mm-hmm. right? It's not it's not like a quartz or an amethyst or a rose quartz. You know, it's kind of plain. It's got a dull blood red, kind of brownish color, right? But an amazing energy in that stone. And if Absolutely it were really fantastic. just about the benefit, what you wanted from the benefit of the stone. Buy the red jasper. It's going to do what you need it to. 100% agree. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. It's not a pretty stone. You know, I've also noticed, and this is a weird one, but I've actually had this happen more than once with customers in the shop. I always feel bad calling out our customers because we love our customers. Um, but, uh, But I've had this happen a couple of times. And where I've had someone come in and they've been looking for a particular stone and I'll make a few recommendations. And... Like among those recommendations, there'll be like maybe like one of the darker stones, like like a an obsidian mm-hmm. or an onyx of some kind, something that's like a black or a heavy darker stone, or there'll be like like a white stone. And they always go to the white stone, and I've always wondered what it is. I'm like I'm like y'all are racist about your rocks and crystals too. What the fuck, you know? Like it's the weirdest thing. It's like well I don't like the darker stones, and it's like 
you should probably explore that a little bit. Well, I think some of it also co- comes down to how many how many black stones are there, right? Well, and it's really hard to tell the difference between between them. Well, sometimes. I, I, I mean, you have like part of it, yeah. onyx, obsidian, yeah. and black tourmaline. Yeah. We have all three of those in the shop, and it's uh, you have to be very good with your stones in order to tell the difference between them. Yeah, no, and that is that's that's and fair. so if that's people fair. already have a lot of those types of stones. I know, I know, I used to go, I already have a lot of those stones, and I don't want to get them confused because they're all for different things. Yeah. Um, when I when I was, like, you know, 13. And now I'm like, eh, I like them. They're my favorite. Yeah. They do everything yeah. I need them to do. Yeah. I just always thought that was an odd thing. You know? Yeah. And, I'm, and, of course, I'm, I'm kind of being, you know, I'm being a little silly with that, you know, as far as, like, being racist and, and your color preferences for your stones and crystals. But, but there's also a part of me that's kind of like, maybe not so much. Maybe that's not such a far leap. You know, to me, it almost goes back to that whole idea that, like, the darker things, the black stones, like, like, for some reason, like, like the darker mm-hmm. things, like, we we associate dark with evil, right? Mm-hmm. Like, dark is bad. I, dark is evil. I, I'm going to, so I'm, like, I'm going to jump off that fuck? a little bit. You know? Because we, we look at other stones as well, and any stone that is about helping you avoid your problems versus actually dealing with them, a lot of people will go to those ones. So if you have... Going going back to onyx. Onyx is obsidian. Obsidian is a okay. great storm. That's a stone Storm. stone of uh, catharsis. Okay. You, okay. So it's a great stone, stone of, of catharsis. catharsis. Okay. It is really good at helping you just release that stuff. You'll probably cry. It'll probably hurt, but you'll feel better afterwards. But then you have another stone like um, sunstone. You know, sunstone. Yeah, okay. and sunstone is all about pulling yourself out of those dark t- dark things and not actually dealing with it. Okay. I mean, it will help you with those things if you're doing it appropriately. But that idea of like, oh, and now I'm just surrounded by sunshine all the time, and blah blah blah. People are always going to go with the thing that seems to be less work. But yeah, well, that's true because we always seek a path of ease, right? Exactly. Which is good. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with um, that. But okay, but I want to ask you really quickly though, okay. these associations that you just volunteered or threw out there for obsidian and sunstone. Where does that information come from? Those come from the work I've done with them. I've noticed it, and some okay. historical the historical work. Okay. Um, well, I know obsidian. For you're you're you know, you're on with obsidian. Yeah. For yes. Sure. I was the sunstone specifically because sunstone I think for a lot of people is a relatively new mm-hmm. stone. It's not a new stone, and that it's been around. You know, but the use of it time. in yeah, but it, it, its popularity is yeah. relatively new. And so you see, because like mm-hmm. you, I've had these experiences with people that are coming in. They're like, oh, I'm dealing with depression. What's a good stone for this? Actually, it's funny. I had someone come in today. Oh God, I hope they don't listen to the podcast. That's okay. I'm not naming them, um, but someone that came in today, and I, you know, as as it's become quite clear on our episode tonight, I'm feeling kind of snarky and bitchy today. I'm feeling my salty today, uh, but I had someone come into the store today that was like, "I need a stone to help with really." This was this was their question. I need a stone to help with really like serious anxiety, like like really high serious kinds of anxiety, you know. And so, and my answer to them, you know, and of course I'm being an ass, right? You know, I was trying to be funny. I cracked a joke, and I did help them. I did help them find a stone. But my initial response, the and next I, night. I said this to them. I told them, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the best stone to help you with something like like anxiety at that level, like the kind of anxiety that shuts you down, like you're telling me about. The best stone is your antipsychotics and your medication. Are you taking your medication? You know, do you take medication? You know, um, and she laughed. Fortunately, she had a sense of humor. She laughed. 
you know, you know, and after, you know, we both kind of giggled a little bit, you know, I did, I help her, I did help her select a couple of stones that could help her ground mm-hmm. a little bit because that's always a good answer for high anxiety, right? Or, or serious anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. Ground um, and release. Exactly. You know, um, but, but I, I had to, you know, I had to kind of tease her a little bit because once again, this is someone who's come in, who's been told through some internet source. Oh, I do wish people would stop always referring to the internet for their information on these things. You know, I, it's, it's silly. Or at least because, triple check it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, like, you don't get your information from more than one place, but, um, you know, double check your, what you're, what you're learning. But, um, but, um, you know, it's, to me, it was another one of these situations where someone comes in and they're like, like, this little stone is going to fix my whole life. And it's like, well, good luck with that. You know, like if, if that's only stone, 50 cents was like, that easy. If that stone could fix your whole life, do you think I'd be selling it? No, I'd be keeping all that shit for myself. Or we'd be selling it for a much higher price. Exactly. Yeah, we, we'd open a, a new age store, right? And we'd be selling a piece of rose quartz for $30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's all about self-love. Exactly. Self-love and I, making money. Well, I mean, if we look at some of the chemical components, not the chemical, mineral components of some of the stones, it could make sense. I mean, the reason why rose quartz is pink is because it has a higher iron content than regular clear quartz. Yes. And iron, all y'all anemics, listen up. And iron is great for the heart. It's good for 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 blood and so if we're yeah. really looking at that if you have a healthy heart chances are you're going to be able to handle life's um what life is throwing at you a little bit easier yeah. you know um, but that's but that's but that and that but that cycles us back and i'm sorry i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to bring us back to that point but i, I keep going back to this whole idea where we get these interpretations mm-hmm. of usage and these properties that these stones have because as you were just sharing rose quartz has a higher iron content that's where it gets its color that's what distinguishes rose quartz in essence from clear quartz right mm-hmm. is that it's it's like different mineral structure and yeah. then it has more iron in it so we also understand in a lot of metaphysical circles witchcraft folk magic that iron is something that is very protective mm-hmm. or can be against certain types of spiritual energies right so why don't we have people coming in buying rose quartz for its protective properties well because they don't know that iron is part of it so well i understand but see but that to me is another example of how these stones can all have very different purposes depending on who is holding them who is working Mm -hmm. with them and people need to educate themselves on this shit before they decide to go and throw down a whole bunch of money on stones and Mm -hmm. crystals Agree. Now, that being said, rose quartz can be protective in the sense of helping you helping you not be so squishy. But its energy is very soft. Yes. You know, if I were going to use a stone for a protection spell, I wouldn't go to rose quartz. I'd probably go to obsidian or actually, truthfully, probably... Well, I, well see, the thing is, I, I don't know that I personally... Like, I wouldn't... And I guess this is where I want to kind of go off on witchcraft and the rise of stones and crystals in contemporary witchcraft practice. Mm-hmm. Okay, because if you read like old stories, old texts, the old grimoires about like stones that were being used commonly by by witches and folk practitioners, we weren't using moldavite. No. Well, we, we okay, okay, in very oh, no, okay, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct myself on that. Okay, because if you look at indigenous tribes from that area of Europe and and Asia through that area. They would have used moldavite. Yes, but but if we look at like say, um, you know, we we're not seeing these older practitioners because of the access, the expense, you know, the knowledge around these stones. You know, we're seeing older practitioners like using river rock. Yeah. You know, and you know, and just and just the stone that was available. You know, mm-hmm. limestone. You know, granites. These kinds of things that were 
available in the area, you know, and had the, the connection to the earth or whatever kind of connection that those those older practitioners wanted, right? We're not seeing these fancy stones that are being imported from God knows where, usually Brazil. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know. So it's just interesting to me that, you know, once again, we see this influx of using stones and crystals in contemporary witchcraft practice, which, you know, wonderful, right? Witchcraft is an ever-evolving thing, and it's mm -hmm. a very personal practice, right? And if people want to use stones and crystals in their witchcraft or their folk practice, wonderful, right? Go for it. That's amazing. Wonderful. But, but again, you know, we have to kind of look at the, like, well, but why? You know, why are you relying on this? Why are you making this particular thing such a focus in your practice mm -hmm. when there are any of a number of other things that could do this for you? Like, you know, I'll be honest, you know, in my own practice, when I want protection or, or something else, I don't I don't go to stones. No, I don't. I don't immediately think, yeah. oh, I'm going to go pick up a piece of obsidian to help me with this, or I'm going to go, I'm going to buy a piece of quartz to help me with this. Mm -hmm. like, that's not my first instinct. You know, there are other ways, and I have knowledge of other things that I have found over the years to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, to work better. You know, and again, and that's just for me. You know, I'm not trying to say that everybody else should should stop using their stones. You know, keep your stones, right? You probably paid a shitload for them. So hold on to them. But, um, you know, but I just, I find again that like just, just this idea, you know, and there, there's a belief particularly in newer practitioners. I think that, you know, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, witches have always used quartz. And it's like, no, they fucking haven't. You know, at least not in the way that you use it today. Mm -hmm. You know, it was pretty rare that a witch was going to find a perfectly polished you know, like lab grade clarity mm -hmm. quartz, you know. I mean, there were witches, witches practitioners were probably using lots of various stones in their indigenous area, mm -hmm. but you know, they didn't, they probably didn't even know what it was. And if they did, it wasn't going to look pretty because it wasn't rough and it wasn't, it was rough and it wasn't polished. And it was probably just whatever they could pick up off the side of the road. Well, exactly. You used what you had. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, so anyway, so I just, like I said, I just thought that was kind of. Mike is super salty today. I am. I'm. I'm struggling today. I think with with this. You know. Um, yeah. We'll just, we'll just say, as we often say, it was a long day. And this this is uh, this this particular topic is as I was mentioning a few moments ago, kind of a tricky one for me because I, I really just I hate seeing people being misinformed, mm -hmm. and I hate seeing those kinds of lies perpetuated yeah. by a false spiritual community that really basically just wants to capitalize on people's you know, people's belief. Yeah, well, people's belief and um, people's hurt. You know, it's just, it's the new Christianity. Um, anyway, so, all right, so I, I I feel, unless there's anything else you want to add, I, I feel as though I have, have chewed into our listeners enough with this and I have crapped on the New Agers and the Lightworkers and the Crystal Industry enough. Okay, um, what I'd like to do now is, is maybe talk a little bit about how we can, how we actually can use these things in our spiritual practice, like like legitimately use these things mm. in our spiritual practice where we can see true benefit. Because I think a lot of people come in and they, they want the stone, they want the crystal, but then once they buy it, it kind of just sits at home on a shelf. And they're mm -hmm. like, well, what do I do with it? Or they carry it in their pocket. Yeah, or exactly. Or they carry it on the, which is, you know, wonderful. Hey, why not? I, I usually have a stone. You too. You and I usually have stones on us. Um, you know, usually mainly because we need something to throw at people, I find, at least me personally. But um, <laughs> but more often than not, though, that's kind of what I'm, I'm seeing or that's a conversation that I'm having with people is, you know, like, well, I bought this because somebody told me it was supposed to help me with this or, or you know, help me accomplish this or do this for me. But but I don't know how, like, how do I make it do that or, you know, how do I use it, you know? And so what are some ways that you're familiar with for people to to work with? Not not specific stones necessarily, but just in general. Um, I I will actually just. One is actually just carrying around that stone and bringing my focus to it periodically throughout the day. 
Um, my favorite way to do it, and this is the ultimate lazy way, is to sleep with the stone. I will... Whore. <laughs> or on one. I will hold the stone in my hands um, before I go to sleep. You know, um, I'll hold it and I'll talk it and I'll tell it, you know, I would love to know. Oh, you're tired. Oh, I'm so sorry. You should get some carnelian. It'll give you passion and fire and make you not be tired, is my understanding. So I'll hold this stone in my hands and I'll tell it and I'll say, hey, um, I want to work with you. What would you like to work with me on? What are you willing to work with me for? Okay. You know, and I'll, I'll tell it like, you know, through research and through reading up and just the feel and the vibe I've got from you, you, you have this kind of energy. So would you be willing to work with me on something like this? Okay. Or would you be willing to guide me in a different direction? Right. You know, yeah. I work with them the way that I would work with my plant spirits. You know, when I'm when I was growing Datura, everyone knows Datura is good for baneful magic. It's good for binding, hexing, cursing, all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. However, the the closer I got with the plant spirit, and the more I communicated with that plant spirit, the more um, she kind of told me, "Hey, yes, those are all things that I'm good at, but I'm also really, really good at healing. I can be used for healing. Uh, I can be used for protection." I could be used for illusion, you know, and she kind of helped guide me through that. So I will let those stones speak to me. And I know there's probably lots of listeners who are like, well, things don't talk to me. Things don't talk to me. You have to listen to your body. You need to listen to your body. So if you're holding that piece of red jasper, for mm-hmm. example, and you're going to do the method I just explained, you're going to hold it in your hands and you're talking to it before you go to bed. And you're like, you know, hey, I know that you're good for this. I know that you're good for helping, um, helping acknowledge emotional baggage and release it or organize that, would you be willing to help me with that? Or is there something else that you would be more geared towards helping me with? Let me know in my dreams. But also listen to your body, you know? If you feel a weight possibly in your solar plexus, you know, in that that midpoint of your body between your heart and your belly button, um, then listen to that. What does that, what, what does that mean to you? Does that make you feel secure? Does that make you feel protected, safe, what does it do, you know? And then allow yourself to go from there and carry that stone for a couple of days, talk to it, and you'll start to notice that it you'll get ideas. They'll just kind of pop up and you'll have this intuitive, oh, you want to do this, so we're going to work together with this. Okay. You know, create a true ally and friend there. Okay. So what about other things? Because we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, making uh, like crystal elixirs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, infusing liquid elements with, you know, the energy or the properties of particular stones and crystals, mm-hmm. right? And and doing that, how how would you suggest someone do that? Like, I mean, if you were actually say like like you were sitting here and you were teaching a class on how to prepare a crystal elixir, how would you tell someone to do that? I would tell them to one avoid polished stones because sometimes the polish that is on that stone um, doesn't. It won't work very well in water. Well, they're chemicals. Yeah. yeah. You know, so try and get a rough piece. And I usually t- say stick with your basics. You know, quartz is really, really awesome. Yeah, we could do a rose quartz elixir or we could do a... Well, you want to clean the... Okay, really quickly. I yes, want to say before physically you clean the stone. You need to you need to clean those stones, right? Because those stones are going to have tiny little crevices and imperfections yes. that can hold bacteria. Yes. Okay, beyond that... Um, be we need to be selective about which stones we're working with. Yes. 
right? We've you got know, people trying to make crystal elixirs with malachite. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. When I did my certification course for the crystal healing, yeah, like there was someone in that class that was like, oh, yeah, and I made a crystal elixir and it had, and I, I added this and this and this and I put a piece of malachite in there and everyone else in the class basically was like, oh, my God, don't drink that. You know, like, how long has that stone been in that water? You know, like, what the, you know, and so, and, and this was someone who, you know, I mean, she, you know, sweet lady, but she just, you know, she just hadn't done her research on that particular stone, but she didn't realize, like, you don't put malachite in water, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, so we need wow. to be particular okay. with that. Well, yes, you need to be particular with your stones that you're using, which is, once again, why, just stick to your basics. Obsidian, mm -hmm. onyx, quartz, um... You know, your basic stones that are very common. Do not do selenite or or yeah. any, any satin gypsum, spar or gypsum. gypsum or spar kind of stone. Because those will flake off and dissolve in the water. And mm. that's uh, just a recipe for digestive issues. Yeah. Um, you don't want to drink a glass full of selenite needles? No. Okay. I do not. Okay. But if you're, if you're bound and determined to utilize a stone that is potentially toxic, don't put it in the water instead try and get a glass container and set it on top or near and if you've worked with that stone um it won't be hard to to let that stone's energy kind of go into that okay you know well that well i guess and that's the point right in the process of preparing something like that you need to make sure that you've done your you know your your prep work right you mm -hmm. need to have kind of bonded with the energy of that stone. Yes. You need to have an appreciation and understanding of the spirit of that stone. Um, you need to have actually allowed that stone to kind of show you who it is mm -hmm. as it would relate to its energy. And, and I would even venture to say personality, um, you know, uh, and beyond that, of course, you've done your research into, okay, what, you know, what's the chemical property of the stone, right? Yeah. What's the mineral property? Exactly. Is this going to be harmful to me if I drink it, mm -hmm. you know, or drink water that's got maybe traces of this in it, you yeah. know? Um, so, okay. What about gridding? I, gritting is something that I'm not unfamiliar with, but it is something that I'm most definitely like, okay, that's nice. You know, um, I do believe that there are power in grids. I have seen you build grids and, you know, we've discussed doing a grid on me, you know, we, we've done stuff like that. We've talked about that. However, um, I am not a believer that a crystal grid is a replacement for other things. I think that it is a fancy new age term for lazy circuitry. Well, I think we see there's a lot of the, I think bleeds into the concept of the new age, the new age concept of gridding, right? Because we see things like these concepts, like capturing the energy of ley lines, mm -hmm. you know, which, you know, is wonderful. But if you're building a tiny little crystal grid in your living room, unless a ley line actually runs through your living room, you're yeah. not really you're not tapping gonna, into that yeah. energy. You know, um, and if you have a ley line in your living room, call me. I want to come check it out. Um, or, you know, like we see things like like the concepts of sacred geometry, mm -hmm. right? Where people are arranging crystals to form particular shapes, right? With the idea that this is some, going to somehow capture some some spiritual energy associated with this particular shape. And I'm not really, I'm not trying to crap on sacred geometry because I believe there's definitely some value there. Oh, yeah, most um, definitely. But, but, you know, but the way that we would, would connect that or the way that we channel that with uh, the energy of stones, particularly with the choice of stones that we're using, mm -hmm. is I think for a lot of people, like a lot of people, kind of miss mm -hmm. miss the 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 you know the the, the point there with yeah. that. Um, so to answer your question, I I think gridding's cool. Um, 
I think that unless someone knows what they're doing and is a legitimate practitioner, such as yourself, um, they're basically just making pretty art. Okay. So, all right. So going back to something you were talking about a few moments ago, you talked about things like, um, like binding Mm -hmm. and like warding or protection. Mm -hmm. How would you work with a stone or a crystal for say like a binding? I would use river rock. You'd use river rock for binding? I would use a river rock for binding, and I would go a, I'd go a conjure route. I would take a picture or a name paper of that person on a tag lock, wrap that, wrap that sucker around the river rock with black string, and I would toss that motherfucker into a body of water. Okay. All right. And, so you know? I, and I work with river rock in a very different way. So, you know, an example of different practitioners, different, different methods. Well, that's one way. There's obviously other ways of binding. You could use, um, you could bind a spirit to a stone by basically working with the spirit of that stone to bind that spirit or working with the spirit of that stone to bind that person or bind that energy. But it has to be a stone that is willing to do it and that has a proclivity to doing stuff like that. Okay. You know, so a stone. So like actually say like using, because we've, we've done this before where we've gotten, mm-hmm. we've done clearings on homes where mm-hmm. we've actually found uh, well, not just homes, but just, just physical spaces where mm-hmm. we've found um, something that would really kind of be, you know, like on the, the register of like a malevolent mm-hmm. kind of a spiritual energy or, or like a truly parasitic kind of a thing. And we've, we've been able to use uh, quartz. We've used quartz crystals. Quartz is awesome. To, to capture and to hold that spirit, yeah. to, to remove it from that place when, you know, other things haven't worked, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I find that just simple quartz is really good for that I, I i love quartz for that i love quartz for everything you know i'm sure we're going to get to a point where we talk about you know our favorite stones and crystals and, mm-hmm. and and we can we can leave that there but i will just preface this quartz is one of my favorites yeah. uh it, it is it is the master stone it you know everyone attributes it to, it's the white candle of the of the crystal <clears throat> community and i'm like i mean kind of but not really that's the route you want to go i love quartz because it's so versatile and honestly it's just your buddy. It's just like, hi, I'm here. I've, yeah. I've yet to meet a quartz that's a little bit, that's apprehensive to work with you. Okay. Most of the time I find quartz has a very welcoming energy. It's kind of like, hi, yeah. You know, I've, I've picked up a couple quartz and I'm like, do you want to come home with me? And I'll be like, no. Yeah. Yeah. But and that's the other thing too, I guess, you know, when you're, you're in the shop and you're going to be picking up a stone or a crystal, <coughs> you know, before you decide, oh, this is the one I want. Um, you know, maybe, like, hold that stone in your palm for a minute. You know, maybe, like, you know, and this might sound, for some people, this might sound ridiculous, but ask the stone, you know, like, hey, you know, are, are you, for me, you know, are you mm-hmm. okay going home with me? Are you okay? Do you feel like we could, you know, do some work with each other? You know, we encourage people to do that when they're out in the wild. You know, like, if you're walking in the forest, you know, and you come across, say, like, a particular stone or crystal or some other item, you know, mm-hmm. even like a particular stick, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, and we tell people like, you know, don't just take things from the forest. Yeah. You know, like ask. Yeah. You know. Um, well, and honestly, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna also counter that with, please don't take up all the room doing that. You know, we I, I've had people come in who take all the crystals, lay them out, and stone by stone, <laughs> body test them, and I'm just like, at that point, I'm like, fucking pick a stone. It's a goddamn rock. Yeah, yeah, I love the, you know, and this, I feel conflicted about this because there's a part of me having read some of the books on this that actually does feel that there could be 
so, again, some value to kinesiology. I I, 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 I think I there's value. I love people that come in and they do, they muscle test everything. It's like, really? I've like, had people muscle test books. make a decision, my God. Be sovereign, you know? And the thing is, is like, if you get that crystal and you, and, and you purchase it and you take it home and it kind of gives you the vibe of like, I don't want to work with you in that, in that capacity. That's great. That's great. Ask it how you would like to, how it would like to work. Exactly. With you, you know? Or maybe that stone was using you as a bridge to get to someone else. Exactly. Right? You know, <laughs> Fluffy used to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. She would just go and just handfuls. Oh God. Yeah. I, I, yeah. We would yep. be in your, her office and someone would come in and she'd be like, you need a crystal. Well, Ravenstone does that here. She's, yeah. she's our lithomancer here. She reads stones and crystals and um, she does that. I mean, my God, there are. I don't think there's a single day that she's done readings in here where she hasn't sent, sent someone, sent someone home, home with a stone, yeah. where she's given them one of the stones from her personal selection, mm-hmm. you know, because that particular stone really kind of spoke to her, mm-hmm. to that, that person in their reading. Yeah. You know, if you've not um, had a reading with Ravenstone, it, 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 it's it's awesome when she does lithomancy. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, that's so cool. Yeah. The stones really do talk to her. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, it's a very different kind of reading, too. Yeah. yeah to be able to, to experience something like that is really cool. Um, so... All right. Um, I'm trying to think of other uses that we have for stones. There really, you know, there are so many, and I guess that's one of those situations where it really comes down to like, like, like you know, the your imagination is the limit, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, know? we were talking about uh, binding and warding, and I've I've been giving out this little ward ward kind of uh, I don't know good this little easy thing for a lot of people because a lot of people will will come in and. What's everyone's first go-to protection stone? Selenite or black tourmaline? Um, That's just where they always go. Selenite or black tourmaline? I don't want to say. Which is silly because selenite doesn't protect. No. Selenite doesn't protect. It doesn't charge. It's fancy salt. It clears. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so so that's their first thing. And everyone always wants, oh, well, I, I, I need these to put in the corners of my home and in each and every room and da 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 And I'm like... What what about just, like, using some stones to keep the energy of your home grounded? Yeah. You know? So I've been giving or, people... Or, you know, locking your door. Or you know. Not allowing creepy people into your house. Mm-hmm. You know, those you are know, also good things. Those are also really good home. things. You know, um, yeah. But on an energetic level, keeping the energy of the home grounded is really, really good. And so a good way to do that is to keep some hematite on your door, uh, around your door frame, on your door ledge, and your, you know, in the lip under the lip of the the floorboards if you can yeah. you know but the door frame above the, the ledge mm-hmm. it's awesome you know yeah put put a piece of hematite there mm-hmm. and it's like people go through an energetic grounding waterfall the minute they walk in through your door as long as you've programmed that stone to do it yeah. and that's another thing that people fail to do is program they fail to charge their stone with a purpose they just go oh i place this here and it does this mm-hmm. because this book told me to yeah so yeah, you, do, you need to kind of give your your stones some intent or give them like yeah. usually give them a like, job. This is your job, but that but again, that job has to be something that that stone is in alignment with. Right? Exactly, that, that the spirit of that stone would also be like, okay, sure, yeah, I can help yeah. you with this. Yeah, yeah. of course. Okay. So you know that's a really good way to help keep your space really grounded and fortified. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally really like utilizing obsidian or onyx as well. Okay, if y'all can tell, I really like the darker stones. I've always found the darkest ones really to be yeah. a little more helpful, to be honest. Now that Speaking of, you know, helpful, okay, one thing I want to say, or two more tidbits of information I want to throw out, and again, this is going to be, I'm sure for some people this is picking a fight, but if 
you've been told by someone that hematite, as Austin was just talking about hematite, if you've been told that hematite is going to, like, I, I don't know, I, you know, all the things we hear from people, but, like, hematite rings in particular. People Ugh. come into the shop looking for hematite rings, and they're always told, like, oh, you wear the ring, and when it breaks, it's a sign that, like, it absorbed all your negativity. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, hematite doesn't absorb negativity. Try again. It's okay, an energy second, sponge. It absorbs everything. Second, um, hematite, just based on its mineral structure, is a brittle. brittle it's a brittle stone. It's a brittle mineral, mm -hmm. you know, um, because it's got such a high iron content, you know. And high, people are like, but iron's such a strong thing. And it's like, you know, not until you... you not until you work you it. You gotta work it. You gotta work iron to make it strong. You know, it's brittle. Work, it's work, natural work, state. Work, work. So when these don't, when people come in and they're like, "Oh, my hematite ring broke," and it's like that's kind of what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people like, like think of this as basically like a piece of glass. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to be doing heavy work or something where you're using your hands a lot, yeah. please take your hematite ring off. Yeah. Well, so, and and um, there is some truth to sometimes, particularly with hematite, it getting a little bit too overcharged. You know, there there is some truth to that. I. I used to wear hematite rings a lot. Well, it does conduct energy. It, and, I mean, and it, it, because of the iron, you can exactly. magnetize it. it does, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I would wear hematite rings quite frequently back in my, when I was like 19, when I first started doing Reiki training. And eventually, as I got through that and I was channeling so much energy in sessions, the, the ring would, would either crack or warp. And so... I love hematite, but I would rather not wear it as a ring. I'd much rather wear it, like, around my neck or as, like, a bracelet. Okay. Or just carry it. Yeah. Okay, so one other thing I want to say, okay, and this is something that I ask a lot of people, particularly people that come in and engage with me who tend to be more on the new age spectrum in their belief, okay? Um, you know, but one of, you know, one of the things that I like to get people to think about, particularly now where so many of the false spiritualists within the light worker community are pushing these like like fifth dimensional consciousness and raising your vibration and all of these things what makes so many people think that something as heavy as solid as a stone is going to have anything to do with fifth dimensional consciousness <laughs> or raising your vibration these are stones this Air is the this earth. is earth this is supposed to be, regardless of the way you think that that stone is working for you energetically, these are physical, tangible, heavy little representations of Earth. Mm -hmm. This is not about leaving your body and accessing other realms. There is not a stone out there that is going to have any connection to fifth dimensional consciousness, if that were even real, and it isn't. Um, or helping you to raise your vibration, mm -hmm. which you also don't need to be doing. Well, let's talk, um, let's talk about Moldavite for a second. Moldavite doesn't... We, 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 the shop was open during the Moldavite craze. Um, I have worked with Moldavite since I was about 13. Quit bragging, God. I absolutely love and adore that stone. And the thing is, is it doesn't make me feel flighty or lofty. Instead, I truly do feel a little bit more grounded when I have it. Now, I can understand where people are misconstruing the amplification properties that it kind of has with raising vibration. You know, if I'm wearing my Moldavite, I'm like, it It makes all the stuff that I do as a psychic a little bit easier. All the stuff that I do as a healer a little bit easier. It's almost like it just kind of like, boop, puts up a little bit of an amplification. 
whereas it also helps keep me grounded. You know, these. It keeps you grounded. Yeah. Okay, but Moldavite is is kind of a different animal. When you look, it is at a blend like, of space like, and yes, earth because it, it is the result of a fusion of of terrestrial minerals. Uh, brought about by the intense pressure, heat, and force of a of a celestial body. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's kind of a different thing, and I I've heard so many different stories. You know what you know what I feel when I work with Moldavite, poor, because that shit is fucking expensive, <laughs> um, and it does not do everything that everybody thinks it does. Your your experiences with Moldavite, as you were relating some of that, okay, your experiences with Moldavite, and I can share that to an extent. You know when I have had an opportunity to wear or to carry, you know, to be in contact with Moldavite or to have it around me and I've been doing spiritual work, I have felt a tiny little bit of an amplification. Yeah. But that also, I think, has more to do with the fact that I've taken time to get to actually, I've Bond. bonded with yeah. that mineral. You know, I've actually like, you know, I've kind of talked with it. I've been like, this is the work that we're going to do or this is the work I'd like to do, mm-hmm. you know, and, can you know, and, you know, and it's because I find Moldavite actually has a fairly neutral kind of personality yeah it's just not it, it's, it's energy isn't neutral certainly but but it's like if you were to if you were to say like okay moldavite in the spirit of moldavite it seems to be fairly neutral yeah it doesn't really care one way or another yeah it's, it's going yeah. to do what it's going to do exactly and yeah. you can either work with it or not yeah you know i mean vlad loves moldavite that's true he wears moldavite fairly fairly consistently. pretty consistently yeah um I will say that one of my favorite stories with Vlad is when he did his uh, level one Reiki okay. with me and yeah. he did the attunement and he decided he was going to wear his Moldavite. Okay. He, he couldn't ground to save his life. I remember we actually had to get, uh, we were outside and I had him take the stone off mm-hmm. and put it away because mm-hmm. he couldn't for the life of him ground and i found that interesting i've never had that experience um and i think part of that's just because i've worked with moldavite for so long okay. that even if it, if it were happening i probably wouldn't be aware okay. okay um but yeah moldavite very much is kind of like it's almost like a ceo it's there, CEO. yeah. It's there. It's aware of what's going on, but it has its own stuff and its own kind of thing. Oh, okay. So it's like it's like so yeah. So like the head of the company. Yeah. You know, you're like you just show up and get paid a whole lot of money that you haven't really earned. Kind of. Because yeah. everyone else is really doing all the work. Yep. Okay. So, since you you kind of mentioned this a few moments ago, what are your favorite stones and crystals, Austin? They switch depending on where I'm at in life, what I'm dealing with, stuff like that. Um, I'm not nearly as into stones and crystals as some of, you know, the other people around me. Um, but the three stones that I really am truly... I I love amber and jet. Okay. Okay. I love any form of Which amber. Are, I guess, not really technically They're not. They're, they're, they're like fossils? We consider them stones. Yeah, they're like, they're like, what would you call them? Like... Min- mineraloids mineraloids I don't know I, I, I don't know but yeah I mean really they, they are in essence they're both basically fossilized yeah uh, I, I fossils I love amber and I love jet um, the combination of the two stones when I got my first amber and jet uh, necklace at my third degree initiation I, I I fell in love it was such 
the perfect balance between the it was a perfect balance between standing in power but not letting it control you um and so i will wear that quite a bit if i'm leading a ritual it is a piece of ritual jewelry for me okay um uh well it's not my original necklace i don't know what happened to my original necklace um it's the one that you made me but i will wear it if i you lost the necklace i made you no no the necklace you made me is not the first one that i've had oh gotcha yeah um the first amber and jet combo i had wasn't a necklace it was a bracelet um and so i will wear the amber and jet when i'm doing pretty intense well those 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 particular stones Uh, yeah we're gonna call them that spirits those particular things Mm -hmm. um also have some fairly strong associations within traditional witchcraft yeah which is one of the other reasons you wear them personally Mm -hmm. i exactly i they those spirits are so connected to those magics um, but the three stones, particular that I've been working with lately, are red jasper, onyx, and clear quartz. I have a red jasper skull on my altar that has been really pretty fun to work with. <clears throat> and, of course, the bracelet that you made me. Um, I love those three stones. Um, I personally do love rose quartz, but I have found a stone that works a lot better and has a little bit more efficacy when it comes to its energy. Um, I've been explaining rose quartz and rhodochrosite um, like this. Rose quartz is your friend who is there and is like, here's a blanket, here's a cup of tea, let me know if you need anything. Rhodochrosite is your friend who also is your therapist who goes, here's a blanket, here's a cup of tea, let's work this shit out. Okay. All right. So when people come in and they're like, I'm looking for something to help me balance my emotions and heal that way, I go, therapy and medication, but also this stone will help. Yeah. You know, and it's quite a lovely stone. Rotocrosite okay. is. But those are the stones that I've been working with lately. Okay. How about you? Um, as far as, like, favorites, uh, well, I'm, I am going to be a bit, or sound a bit basic, I'm going to say I, I do enjoy carnelian. I love carnelian, too, um, yeah. But I enjoyed it before it became a trend. Same. Uh, like, that means anything. Um, so I do I do like carnelian um, for the particular properties I get, or the energy I, I personally get from carnelian. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm a clear quartz person. I, I just, you know, I particularly when I do crystal energy healing, most of the, the stones that I use for that are, are just clear quartz, yeah. you know. Um, and I try to use natural stones for that. I don't like overly polished yeah. kinds of stones for that work. Um but clear quartz is so um, versatile. It is. It's so versatile. You can do pretty much anything with it, um, you know. And so, so I enjoy clear quartz. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, I, I I do enjoy amber for its uh, traditional witchcraft associations. Mm-hmm. I also love um, amber for its healing properties. It, that's true. Like like there are old stories about how you'd, you'd put amber in like a, a crib with like a teething mm-hmm. infant or a bed with a teething infant. Like amber is supposed to help yeah. reduce the pain of teething. Well, when I broke my ankle, mm-hmm. um, I would wear the amber and jet you gave me at Maverick um, because it would help. Not necessarily with the pain. It's on an energetic level. It's almost like when, when you're in pain or chronically in pain. Mm-hmm. That energy and that th- that pain creates an energy that just kind of builds up in your aura, and it just creates even more problems. And so having amber, that amber helps kind of 
shed that energy and remove okay. it. Okay. Um, I also love that it's very connected to ancestors. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's that's its witchcraft association, right? Mm -hmm. Is because it's it is believed to carry uh, the memory of life. Yeah. Ancestral energies, right? Um, and not just human ancestors, but all kinds of other mm -hmm. types of ancestors. So, okay. All right. What is your least favorite stone? My least favorite stone? Uh, I don't know if I have a least favorite stone. I'm trying to think about. You know, whatever is super cool and trendy right now, that's my least favorite stone. I don't know what stone that is. Like, for a quick minute, like, I was I was really over Moldavite. And I, oh, I have a piece of Moldavite mm -hmm. at home. And when that blew up and everybody was, like, desperate to get their hands on that Moldavite. You I crushed was like, the Moldavite. I was like, I will pieces. never wear this again. You know, and it, you know, and that's just part of me that tends to be, like, you know, a jerk. But um, A nonconformist, if well. No, it's not even about conformity. I mean, I am a nonconformist, but that's not even it. It's not about, it's not about, like. It's not about the trend so much. I think is is it's the the misinformation that is a part of the trend. That's what mm -hmm. bothers me, you know. Um, you know, and of course these many of them very spoiled people who you know are, are coming in looking for this thing that they think is going to do something that it can't. Yeah. You know, and it's like um, you you're gonna lay down like you know like two hundred dollars on a piece of moldavite. Shouldn't you be like paying a bill? For, right feeding your kids or, you know, I mean, and I don't know those people's personal lives, you know, like maybe they don't have bills to pay, you know, maybe yeah. their kids are, are, are doing fine. Right. But, um, you know, but I don't know, but just, it just seems to me, I'm kind of like, really? Ugh. Like there's just something about that. Like, just like, it just, ah, sticks me like wrong. It's like, ah, no. Um, anyway, it's a personal issue. It looks like I have some shadow work I need to do. Um, um, a stone that I have also really enjoyed, and I think... Oh, you're not going to throw out a stone that you don't like? A stone that I don't like? Well, we already talked about it. Malachite. Like, oh, okay. Well, do you dislike Malachite? I don't you dislike it. You just have it. an odd, energetic I, reaction. I don't like... Exactly. I don't like the reaction I get from it. I will say, if I'm going through a... Um, like, a lethargy. Like, if I'm feeling pretty melancholy or, or lethargic. Lethargic. About life. Like I was talking last night, like malaise. Yeah. Ennui. Yeah, like if I were, if I'm feeling like that, then what I'll usually do is I, I can work with a piece of malachite okay. to help kind of like get that energy going again. But I'm more apt to utilize something like sunstone. Okay. Um, I have a, I have a pretty close reaction to some stones though. Like if I wear sunstone, it, I, I feel overheated. Okay. I will feel overheated. If I wear a moonstone, I become a crying little bitch. If I am... Oh, it's like when I wear my tech type. No, when you tech... Which your tech I'm not allowed to wear. Well, it's because anymore. you become a raising, a raging You and Chris ass. won't let me wear tech type. Go ahead and wear your tech type. Just understand well, just that if you snap at me, I will snap I right back. It's odd that, that I see. But again, that to me is further evidence of that very personal connection that you have, that we can all have with stones. Mm -hmm. And minerals because I don't think I've ever met anyone else who has the emotional reaction to tech type that I do. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I should try it. Wouldn't it be weird since you're usually such a, a nasty, if it like rotten, made me horrible, angry person? Wouldn't it be like like all of a sudden you became like just a real sweetheart? Like I'm the reverse. Like I'm always such a nice, kind, caring, compassionate person. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. It's, I'm not laughing. It's sort of true. Maybe on you know on good days. Um, and it just turns me into a monster. What if like it kind of did the reverse for you or it's like, oh my God, is Austin feeling well? He was so nice to me today. <laughs> I don't, well, the, your reaction to tech type isn't necessarily like, like it. I think it makes me in, in, impatient. 
it makes your fuse shorter. Anger, it's like I feel impatient. Yes. Well, and your energy, it's almost like it creates. So, so for those of you who have ever heard Mike and I kind of play fight, like when Mike and I play fight, the 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 spikes and stuff that people usually pick up on are aren't even anything. They're just kind of like, eh, eh, eh. But when he's wearing his tech tight and we're and he's what he's doing. What he's perceiving as play fighting or playing around or deviling, he really is just like, like it is, it is hurtful. It's just being mean. Yeah. Oh, I'm so and, sorry. and so when I like tell, and, and when anyone brings that up to him, he's like, no. No. And I'm like, it, it's, it's like Ron's reaction to the Horcrux in the Deathly Hollows. Uh, okay. And then you take it off and it's like, feel no, better. Okay. Oh, oh, so like, oh. like when Frodo's wearing the one ring for too long and he gets all like weird and, and gullamy. And no. Yeah. Cause, like, Cause that's, that well, that's that, possessive. Isn't that what that did though? Where he was all like, like it, it made him like crabby and irritable. Well, that was just being in the presence for too long. Yes. So yeah. yes, kind of. Okay. Um, okay. But the minute you. Well, I'm very sorry. I'll never wear my tattoo. No, again. I don't. It, it, no, it just, no. Like... I, I feel deep shame. <laughs> It it, it, it it creates like an edge to your energy. An edge that someone like me, who I'm around you so often, like, most people will say, oh, he has an edge today. And I'm like, does he? I'm unaware. Because I'm, like, I'm so used to just how your energy feels. You know, just like you're used to me. And so you and I, when everyone is perceiving something maybe off, what they're really perceiving is nothing. Like, they're just perceiving a different thing. Whereas okay. you and I are fine. So, mixed signals. Yes. Gotcha. Um, and that's what Tektite does. Is, okay. though you might be in a good mood and devilishly playful, it's almost like that... The fun is removed and you become stabby. Oh. God, that's unfortunate. Because when I wear my Tektite, I, that's really the only time I feel, feel like truly like myself. Well, then I guess you should um, wear your Tektite more often. It's okay. I, I will... Uh, I will uh, will not wear the tech type. Are you going to abstain from tech type? Um, I don't know that I'm going to say I will abstain just because that seems... <gasps> you should wear it when we have to do curses. Abstaining seems like... What an odd use of that word. Um, anyway, that's actually not a bad idea. Well, if we're going to do a baneful working, I should put that bad boy on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, en- enough of this. Okay. Is there anything <laughs> you feel we've not shared on Stones and Crystals? I really feel like, once again, this, this podcast became more of a bitch sesh than like education. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I think we did drop some good details in, in there. Well, let's, let's talk about, um, b- before we wrap up, let's talk about some crystals that we feel now as modern witches that a lot of practitioners would benefit from having just kind of like oh, okay. at, at hand, okay. you know? Well, we've talked about so many already. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, yeah, but let's talk about some, some, some other ones, you know, and maybe issue some books, you know, suggest some books. Uh, I'm, I, I'm really, I'm really gonna hold off on making book suggestions just because, again, I think that, you know, I mean, there are books out there that are, are good books. You know, you've got books like the Crystal Bible, mm-hmm. you know, that are kind of nice because they, you know, they can give you basic information, description. Even I think they, there's even information in there about like the mineral content yeah. of the stone. You know, and it can be nice to have that information. But then you move, you know, you flip the page, and the next thing that you see is immediately gonna be like, and this stone is good for this. You know, and there's a part of me that's like, okay, you know, that's not necessarily bad information to have, but it's so much more important for you to pick that stone up and determine what that personal relationship is going to be. 
You know, because it, even if it does what the book says it does, it's still going to do it a little bit differently for you. Yeah, of course. You know, and we have to consider that. So I hesitate for book suggestions or recommendations. It's not that there's anything wrong with any of those books. You know, um, although, although, I will say, there was a book, she wrote a couple of books, and I, you know, I don't know if she's even still alive or not, but there was a woman, uh, an author, who just went by the name Melody, um, that was a big part of the New Age movement, I think, in the 70s, I think. And she's one of these voices that we have within kind of the New Age community around, like, oh, these crystals do this, and this stone does this. And it's like, okay, well, you basically just kind of pulled all that out of your ass, you know. And, you know, while I appreciate and you know your experience, um, maybe this stone doesn't do this for me or for anyone else. Maybe that was just the way that this stone worked for you. Mm-hmm. You know, but she wrote a book. The book is called Love is in the Earth. Yes. You know, um, and I'm not saying it's a bad book. It's one I had to read when I was doing my crystal healer certification. So I'm very familiar with the book and what she wrote. But I, I couldn't walk away from, you know, after having read that book, I couldn't leave that book or set that book down without kind of feeling like, wow, this really seemed like a lot of. Like a stretch. UPG. Like you seem to stretch a lot. And beyond that, there was a lot of other issues in there with things like elitism and privilege. Around like, you know, like, like, oh, this stone does this and you should have. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't have $700 to go and buy that stone. So can mm-hmm. you give me a, a, a second option that's affordable, you know? And so, yeah, you know, so I, I just, I struggle with that as I often do. I, str- I struggle with many things, mostly reaching things in high places. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. But anyway, back to your point, though. Okay, so what are some, uh, beyond some of that we've already mentioned, what are some other stones that you personally feel like, oh, okay, as a spiritual practitioner of whatever stripe, you should should maybe, maybe, maybe this is a stone that would be good for you to work with or connect to? So in, uh, other than stones we've already mentioned? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to go with the first obvious one, amethyst. Okay. You know, amethyst is um, a very good stone to, for for clarity it's a very good stone i i've noticed to help kind of calm it's not necessarily the stone that i would go to if i were having an anxiety attack or if i was feeling that but it is most definitely a stone that i find helps center the mind and the energies okay um how about you um i you know i'm i really like bloodstone Okay. You know, and I'm going to be, and I'm, I'm biased because it's my birthstone, one of my birthstones. Um, but I really enjoy bloodstone, to be honest. Okay. And, and for me, I think I, I, I like that stone because I find it to be, um, and this isn't just me. The only reason I'm even bringing this up is because this hasn't just been my experience. This has been an experience that a lot of other practitioners, people, particularly people that do like healing work, like laying on of hands, like mm-hmm. physical healing kind of work and energetic work. Um, I, I find get a lot of or get a really strong boost from bloodstone as a healer. Okay. Particularly in facilitating um, like physical body healing. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I want to clarify, first of all, that in no way should we ever substitute energetic or spiritual healing for, you know, actual go to see your doctor kinds of healing. Like mm-hmm. you, you need, you need to do, ideally you do both, right? Yeah. You'll do both, um, you know, be holistic in that approach. But, um, but I've noticed that bloodstone in particular has been really effective when I've done healing work for people who are dealing with like systemic kinds of issues, you know, infections or people who are maybe, um, like I've had a lot of, uh, of a, of a really good energetic response from bloodstone when I've done healing work for people who are maybe like going through chemo okay, or like those kinds of kinds of therapies, 
you know, um, where like their whole body is okay. really being negatively impacted. Yeah. Um, you know, because it just seems to help kind of calm things. And it, and it seems to me like it also helps the body to kind of better filter okay. things. So I, I really like bloodstone mainly, okay. mainly for that property. Okay. Um, um, how about fluorite and garnet? I love garnet and garnet is such a good stone. Um, I always feel like I sound like a little sexist when I talk about garnet here in the shop to our customers and students, but I always kind of say like, Hey, garnet is a really awesome stone for women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and even if you read like old, uh, like folklore about garnet and its uses, garnet is very often associated with midwifery, um, because it's believed to help regulate menses, uh, menstruation. It's, uh, it's supposed to help with, uh, fertility. Uh, beyond that, it just in general is good for the female reproductive system, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, so even uh, as you get older in life and you're going through processes, say like, uh, you know, menopause, things like that, it's supposed to be very good for helping to regulate a balance of mo- uh, a hormone, hormones mm-hmm. within within the body. And, and women seem to benefit greatly mm-hmm. from garnet, you know, on an energetic level. And again, and that's not just me saying that that's like that's there's lots mm-hmm. of people out there that would say, oh, yeah, this stone is good for, you know, um, I, I love garnet because it almost feels crackly. Crackly? Yeah, it has like a crackly oh, kind of power energy behind it. And so I find that if I'm doing something, doing a working, uh, and I need a little extra oomph, okay. I can usually throw some garnet in or maybe wear a piece of garnet to help with my own personal okay. power and flow. All right. Um, fluorite, rainbow fluorite, um, was, I remember years and years and years and years and years ago, was like the Moldavite before Moldavite was Moldavite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, everyone and every empath and every light worker and spiritual person and angel reader had to have rainbow fluorite because it just... Was that your Jennifer Coolidge in person? I don't know how to do a Jennifer Coolidge. I love Jennifer Coolidge. I love her, but I don't know how to do her I voice. Do her voice. Okay. No. It makes me feel like a hot dog real bad. I can't do it. That wasn't too bad. That wasn't too off. That was, that was I'm like doing a, better, Rick. Yeah, like on, on the fly, that was a fairly uh, passable gender. I have to, I have to like sit and listen At least in it. that role. Yeah. Anyway, go um, on. Fluorite. So, but fluorite, I find, is a stone. Um, so we talked about amethyst, how it's a centering stone. It kind of helps us find that center. Um, fluoride, I find, is a really good, just kind of overall healing stone, stone of clarity, um, and it's very soothing. I find that people who are high on the emotional anxiety level, um, or tend to feel a little bit more frayed energetically, um, I find that fluoride kind of helps soothe that. Okay. All right. Okay. No, that, I would. I would. I would say I've got. I've had similar experiences with fluoride. I also found fluoride to be really good for focus. Yes. Like focusing energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Any others? I mean, we've talked about so many. I mean, quartz, red jasper, obsidian. Uh, oh my gosh! Like we really we've talked about a lot. You know, even just just river rock is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, amber, jet. You know. Um, I love pyrite too. You like pyrite? I love okay. pyrite. Fool's pyrite gold. Yes, it is shiny. It is sparkly. It is pretty, but it is. Well, so, it can be. It's yeah. so good, so good for money magic. Okay. It is so good for money magic, um, and for those of you out there who like the idea of money bowls, um, a really good 
thing to put in there is some fool's gold. Is, is okay, now very, right. very briefly, because I just noticed how long we're going on this podcast, on this episode. Very briefly, I need you to explain to me what's a money bowl. So a money bowl is basically you take a container and the idea is that you will put things in there to help attract money and abundance to you. Okay. Um, so, so it's not a jar. Like no. You're not sealing something in. Okay, no. Good. Okay, um, because those people who have listened to prior episodes will know how we feel about spell jars. I don't mind spell jars if you're things. using them correctly. For certain things. Um, but so you would put maybe some, some green money rice in there and you'd put, you know, maybe some sink foil uh, to help. A bay leaf? Sure, if you want. An alligator tooth? Yes, if you're going to go the conjure out. Bits of green wax? Probably, yeah. A, a mercury dime? Yeah, probably. Um, Actual money? Yeah, of course, duh. Okay. Most of the time in your money rice, though, you're going to have actual money in it. You're yeah, going to have like yeah, a shredded dollar bill. That's or true. Something. Yeah, but how many people out there are going to have money rice? Me? Yeah, but you're not people out there. You're people in here. Wendy? Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, but then you could add some Fool's Gold in there or Iron Pirate because, again, it is, um, it is representative of gold. Yeah. And anything that's going to have that gold color is going to bring in prosperity, success, yeah. and abundance. And even citrine. That's why citrine is good for it. Mm-hmm. Understand that most citrine that you have on the market nowadays is actually just heat-treated amethyst, but it still, yeah. it still yeah. will work for yeah. you. Yeah. Most of the most of the citrine that you're going to buy out there, particularly if it's got like that really bright orangey or even like almost like a brownish kind of color, that's basically amethyst that they've thrown in a big oven and they've baked it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean that it isn't still pretty and that it doesn't have some sort of property that you could use it for, but it's not really citrine. Um, citrine usually has a much lighter, paler, yeah. kind of a yellowish kind of color. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Unless you get really high quality citrine, then it almost looks... Um, like the really high quality stuff is almost like, like honey. Just, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, depending yeah, depending on its clarity. Yeah. My first set of witch runes was made out of citrine. <sighs> Lucky. I know. I don't know where they what were. What happened to them now? I think my ex took them, actually. Oh. I know. Oh, well, that's it. There's a curse right there. Yeah. Gotta get your witch runes back, man. They're fine. How Austin Got His Witch Runes Back. A new book by Toni Morrison. I think she wrote How Still Look Got Your Groove Back. I'm pretty sure oh. that was Toni Morrison. I have no idea. I think the ghosts are moving around in the shop. They are. The ghosts are moving around the shop. Um, I keep seeing a cat, and it's not It's not Moon Willow's, because Moon Willow has no access up here right now. Okay. Um. So, anywho, it's okay, probably one of my good. parents. Okay, yeah, he, possibly. He, he likes your to pop spiritual up. parents. Yes, my We're spiritual not talking parents. Like your actual physical yeah, mother and father. Yeah. They they wouldn't be here running around the store at night. I wouldn't think. Mm-mm. Maybe your mom. She's a little odd. Um, okay, well, so those are some stones that you could start with. Um, so we have um, onyx, quartz, red jasper, obsidian, obsidian, rose quartz, citrine, pyrite, fluorite, amethyst, garnet. And then Amber and Jet. But those are going to be really expensive if you find some good quality ones. Uh, Amber and Jet don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be. Most of the time you're going to find Amber and Jet are expensive because the industry around Amber and Jet prices that shit so high. Um, You know, so, yeah. So... Anyway, so yeah. those I are think s- we've we've gone we've gone long on our topic tonight, and we, so we I think do we're minutes. we yeah, oh I know, but we we haven't even usually we end with like a like how would we magically help what's going on in the world or what are we loving and hating about witchcraft right now, and we haven't really 
we didn't we you know we like I said we ran long on our topic. So I, I'm gonna how about, say how about the, we do this? What would be a good stone for a particular problem that is happening in the world right now? Oh. Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I, I, again, I wouldn't use a stone. For okay, but if like we that. were, okay, if we were right. going to, okay, what type of stone would we use? An infinity stone. What? So that we the reality snap. stone would help. You snap enough already. Um, no, I would, um, oh God, there's so much that is fucked up in our world right now. Ugh. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good shit happening in our world right now too. But, um, but, oh God, in looking at using our energy for something like that, it's always the, it's always fixing things that we want to focus on. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would think right now, do I have to use one of the stones that we've been talking about already? I think... I would use, I think I would probably use stones. I'm not going to volunteer a single stone or a particular stone for this because there are many that could potentially be mm -hmm. used for this, but like something to help um, people to pull their heads out of their asses over the coronavirus situation. Okay. Something like, you know, like, I don't know, like citrine to get people to stop being willfully ignorant around the science and the medical information that we have readily available about the virus. Um, or, or you know, like looking at maybe a different issue, um, something like a particular types of stones that would maybe work to um, kind of calm, particularly in our area of the world right now in the U.S., you know, everybody in the U.S. right now... <sighs> Well, I won't say everybody, but we have a huge issue in the U.S. right now. It's a, and it's a cultural kind of a thing right now for us. I think where so many of us like we just hate each other. We hate each other, and I I blame Trump to be honest. Mm -hmm. He was so effective at sowing trouble, hate, and discord. Yes, in in our country, and so it's like yeah, you've got people now in our country like we just nobody. Many people will just say are just not very fond of each other right now, and, you know. But something to help to kind of calm. Or, or to help people to kind of see, like, you know what, we really have more in common than we than we have, you know, than, than maybe we realize. Or maybe we want to admit, you okay. know. Mukite um, or Kumbaba Jasper, maybe? Those would be good, because they, they, they have kind of that kind of an energy. Mm -hmm. They're both Jaspers. Yeah. I, and I would say, um, I would use maybe brick or a nice big heavy cinder block to handle the issue of white supremacy and transphobia and homophobia okay and misogyny and all those things mainly because i would probably just throw the bricks or the cinder blocks at the uh, the haters in that scenario i'm here for it yeah with a sigil of course oh, oh well yeah you have to sigilize your brick before you throw it absolutely <laughs> and then it's not witchcraft right exactly um anyway so all right what about you um, I mean, I would agree with you on on those things. I think um, a really good stone to help, if we're, if we're not using stones that we haven't talked about already, um, would be Labradorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Labradorite is a really good stone of reflection, and I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of the problems that we see um, are for a lack a lack of people seeing themselves as they are, a lack of people actually being able to look at themselves and go. Wow, this is an issue that okay. is innately mine, yeah. or this is an issue that is due to 
XYZ. So I'd use a combination of maybe labradorite and amber because amber has the ancestral qualities. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Um, All right. To help help maybe bring in some of that ancestral energy to see like, hey, you're not doing anything to improve yourself because you're making the same mistakes that your ancestors did. And then labradorite to assist with that reflection of that. Um, and that's that's how I would work that. I don't know how, how I would do that in a sense of like... Um, uh, like a spell work. I don't know. Maybe I could like do like a, <clears throat> like a, grid. a like a map of the world. <laughs> I was actually going to say yes, a grid. I was going to do a map. I could do like a map of the world with some labradorite, um, focal points, maybe some amber around there and some quartz just to help amplify and clarify. Um, and maybe even um, fluorite to focus and let that grid kind of run and utilize probably sound. Okay. Well, sound is very good for carrying vibration, mm -hmm. right? So, so, so I'd, okay. I'd probably do something along those lines. Okay, cool. Okay. And the element of water as a conduit and air as everything else. Okay. I dig it. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, See, I can tie that back in. There we go. We did there it. There you go. You did it. Well done. You did it. You did it. I don't high five. What are you doing? Oh. I've never high five. Get away from me. I'll knuckle bump you. Okay. There you go. Ow. God. Anyway, I don't know my own strength. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening yes, thank to you. us rant and, and ramble, as always. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode. Um, Are we having any special guests next week? I I don't know. We need to we need to figure that out. Um, as always, if you have questions on anything that we have discussed, please contact us through Instagram. You can also contact us on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Or if you would like um, to hear us discuss a particular subject... Um, or if you'd like us to go more in-depth into a subject that we perhaps have already touched on, let us know. Yes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please do consider giving us a rating on whichever streaming service that you're listening. Yes. Um, you know, as we, we've decided now to kind of move the podcast into a weekly format, um, you know, it would be, be great to start seeing some feedback on what we're doing yes. so that we have a, an idea to, or a better idea of maybe what to continue to put work into and, and how to continue to make this podcast the best one that it can be for those of you who listen. So, yes. Um, Anyway, I think maybe we should do like a Q&A podcast at one point. Should we do a Q&A? Yeah. We should, we should do that. But if we're going to do that, we should do like a, we should do a video cast for that. So people okay. can actually see us. <laughs> see my reactions. Yes, exactly. People need to see our faces. Like, or, you know, realize that a lot of the times when we're recording the podcast that we're all like dressed as clowns or like some of us are like, you know, baking a pie in the midst of recording or... Yeah. I ordered pizza that one time. You did order pizza in the middle of the podcast. Well, there was one time, I think, where you basically fell asleep. Um, yeah, that was the healing podcast. Yeah. When it was you, me, and Chris. Yeah. It's because I had an edible. Or the way that we all... You had an edible? Yeah. Ugh. And so you, I was... You need to share. Nine. Um. Anyway. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Everybody. Have a good day. Okay. Evening. <laughs> Bye. Whatever time it is.